Hello, everybody, and welcome to the April 7th, 2020 edition of Peaceful Globalist Review. I am your host, the Peaceful Globalist, Ephraim Josine. And our first story tonight comes to us from CBS. Hundreds of Hazatic Jews gather in Brooklyn for Rabbi's funeral, defying social distancing orders. Um... <laughs> So, yeah, this happened. I'm going to read a little bit again. This is from CBS. The NYPD on Sunday broke up a crowd of hundreds of Hasidic Jews who gathered in the street of Brooklyn for the funeral of a rabbi who died of the coronavirus. It's one of several times over the past month that members of the Hasidic Jewish community in Brooklyn gathered en masse for an event defying social distancing guidelines. The NYPD needs all New Yorkers to cooperate with the ban on social gathering in order to stop the spread of the COVID-19 virus, the department said in a statement after the incident. It is more important to note that the vast majority are following all guidelines. The NYPD will continue to enforce social distancing at any large gatherings, including services, put both members of the public and officers at risk. These gatherings must be seized immediately. Um, Okay, so there are a few reasons I want to talk about this story. First one being, remember all the people who were angry when de Blasio specifically put social distancing orders in place, including uh, things like churches. This is exactly what he was worried about. And he had just been proven right. He was worried that people in these religious communities were going to simply not follow social distancing orders. And I imagine at a funeral, they aren't really concerned about standing six feet apart and all of that. In fact, they directly defied the orders. They directly defied the orders in question. So my first question is, where is Matt Walsh? I'm looking through his Twitter feed right now. I don't see it. I looked through it earlier today. Hadn't seen him even mention this story. Where's Alila Rose, the woman who said that stopping protests outside of Planned Parenthood that somehow managed to follow social distancing orders? I don't know how you do that. I guess unless not only are you standing six feet apart, but literally everyone is in this like weird not even full-on circle around it, in which case, at that point, you're just being threatening. Uh, <laughs> and even then, somebody would have to be violating that order anyway, because the whole point of protesting outside places like Planned Parenthood, I thought was to convince women to change their mind that they were planning on having an abortion. Do, do you th Are you just going to, like, stand six feet in between and, like, give her a teleporter or a catapult of some kind? Six feet includes the uh, y-axis, doesn't it? <laughs> I'm sorry, I, I can't help but continue laughing at that. But no, um, I don't see anything. I'm looking through Lila Rose's Twitter right now. I don't see anything. Look through Michael Knowles' Twitter earlier today. Look through Josh Hammer, who is Jewish, if I'm not mistaken. Look through his Twitter, didn't find anything. So immediately, where are all the conservatives who were calling it 
just this evil when it was done against Christian pastors who knowingly disobeyed laws and specifically made a show about knowingly disobeying laws. And I'm going to check through these accounts one more. Yeah, I don't see anything from Hammer. In fact, if you look, compare for a second the reply section to CBS's article on this on the tweet linking to this story versus the ones talking about the various Christians who have been arrested, including, I forget the guy's name, in Florida. Um, let's read some right now, in fact. Uh, this one is from a guy named Richard Tarleton. Didn't the earliest outbreak start in Orthodox Jewish communities? No, it started in China. <laughs> China, I have every reason to think, does not have a very large Jewish population. How many times before we learn and crack down on this? I'm curious what this is. I assume it would be Orthodox Judaism. Um, possibly. I don't know for sure, though. I'll admit I, I don't know. Other Americans are obeying social distancing orders for funerals and can't even see the coffin lowered. Why do Jews think they are exempt? It is a public health hazard. Shut it down. And of course, you know, the responders are obviously saying, no, this started in China, which does not have a Jewish population. Uh, hmm. See if I can find some other blatant examples of anti-Semitism. I really... Oh, there are less than I thought there'd be. I'll give it that much. I'll give them that much. There are less than I thought it would be. But still, you're not seeing the people calling this absolute tyrannical like you would if it were a Christian or a Catholic. Well, I guess Catholics are Christians, but you know what I mean. A Catholic or a Protestant or even someone like Joel Olstein, who most of them don't even like. Anyway, um... And again, you're looking through, where are, where are the religious um, conservatives who actually care about religious freedom? Well, the answer is they don't exist. That's what it comes down to. A lot of these people who call themselves, you know, religious conservatives, have like Catholic in their bio, and I'm not talking to people who, you know, personally believe this but are fine with secular society. I mean the people who were out there screaming, oh my god, this is tyranny, when a pastor was arrested for, what, trying to give his congregation uh, COVID-19, they were just using that as a smokescreen to say, our religion is above the law. And this is the perfect example. They don't consistently believe it. They just want their religion to be given special privileges. And that, in my mind, is very, very disgusting. Anyway, here's something else I want to talk about. This comes from Politico. Trump removes independent watchdog for coronavirus funds, upending oversight panel. Again, this is from Politico. President Donald Trump has upended the panel of federal watchdogs overseeing implementation of the $2 trillion coronavirus law, tapping a replacement for the Pentagon official who was suspended to lead the efforts. A panel of inspector general 
had named Glenn Fine, the acting Pentagon watchdog, to lead the group charged with monitoring the coronavirus relief effort. But on Monday, re- but Trump on Monday removed Fine from his post, instead naming the EPA Inspector General to serve as the temporary Pentagon watchdog in addition to his other responsibilities. I mean, to be fair, if you're running anything involving the EPA under this administration, you know, that's just a do-nothing job. <laughs> that's so much of a do-nothing job, you give it to Jared Kushner. And it'd probably be more than anything else he's done. That decision, which began circulating on Capitol Hill Tuesday morning, effectively removed Fine from his overseeing the coronavirus relief effort since the new law permits only current Inspector General to fill the position. Uh, Mr. Fine is no longer on the Pandemic Response Accountability Committee. Lauren Allen, a spokeswoman for the Pentagon Inspector General's office, confirmed she added that Fine will return to his Senate-confirmed post as the Principal Deputy Inspector General of the Pentagon. Fine's removal is Trump's latest insurrection into the community of independent federal watchdogs, punctuated most dramatically by his late Friday ouster of the intelligence community's Inspector General, Michael Acuston, whose handling of a whistleblower report ultimately led to Trump's impeachment. Well, he had just been looking for an excuse to fire that guy forever, so I'm not going to blame him there. Uh, Trump has also begun sharply attacking Health and Human Services Inspector General Christy Grimm following a report from her office that described widespread testing delays and supply issues at the nation's hospitals. Another fake dossier, Trump tweeted, mentioning Grimm's tenure as Inspector General during the Obama administration. He didn't mention, though, that Grimm had been serving as a federal watchdog since 1999, spanning administrations of both parties. So again, what this looks at is, you remember, you guys probably remember this, I think it was a quarter of the bill. It's a $2 trillion bill. I think it was $500 billion of that um, was in a slush fund. Everybody remembers that. That was the big reason a lot of Democrats opposed it, and even some Republicans did. Uh, people like Thomas Macy's, for instance. What the administration is currently doing is it is trying to prevent anyone from overseeing that slush fund primarily so it can then go to Trump and his buddies. That is the only way to interpret this. Donald Trump does not want anyone to oversee it because he believes that it should be going to his friends and not to the average Americans who actually may need the money. I mean, that's what it comes down to. That is the only way you can interpret this string of events is This administration does not believe it needs oversight because when it has oversight, it may not be able to be corrupt. It may not be able to pay off its cronies. It may not be able to get the business ties it needs to keep funding itself. Just wow. Wow. Um, Trump's targeting of a custom drew an unusual rebuke from Michael Horowitz, the Inspector General of the Justice Department, who also oversees a council of Inspector Generals. Horowitz said Acustin handled the whistleblower matter appropriately and defended the broader intelligence community, intelligence IG community. The Inspector General Committee will continue to conduct aggressive independent oversight of the agencies that we oversee. Oh, no, you won't. Not in this administration. Not until Donald can give out the money to his cronies. That's what it comes down to. He wants to give out the money to his cronies. 
And now this guy's making a statement like, we'll oversee it. No, you won't. You'll be fired by this time two weeks from now. He said in a statement after Acustin's ouster, Acustin, too, issued a lengthy statement on Saturday accusing Trump of removing him for following whistleblower laws. Yeah, pretty much. Again, because this president hates the fact that there are actually checks and balances in the system. What he wants is he just wants a monarchy. He just wants a dictatorship, similar to what you know people like Kim Jong-un got. That's why Ahn actually endorsed him in 2016. And that's why he's been so nice to Ahn. He called on a, a, I think he said he had a beautiful vision for his people or something. And how he loves the kind of dedication and following Kim Jong-un gets. You know, if Barack Obama said that, he'd be removed within 10 seconds. He's out there praising dictators, praising people like Kim Jong-un, also obviously Vladimir Putin. He's at least praised the guy. Maybe he didn't. Maybe Putin didn't rig the election for him, but he's been very praising towards an autocrat. His best friends have been the Saudi royal family. There's no doubt about that. Uh, he's also been, has a mixed relationship with Bashar al-Assad, the monarch who runs Syria. And now let's not forget all the different, that's just off the top of my head. There are tons of authoritarians. Heck, these are the same. The Republican Party right now is saying that they want to get us off of China, that China's this big threat. This is the same administration that just met with Xi Jinping. And that Xi Jinping has said he wants his president because Trump is so easy to read and so nice to him. But this is the guy standing up to authority. This is the office once hailed by men like Harry Truman and Dwight Eisenhower, people who stood up against tyranny. And now what do we have? We have a guy going around praising every authoritarian leader he can. I mean, his best friend is Bolsonaro in Brazil. And Bolsonaro, say what you will about Donald, Bolsonaro is a fascist. There is no other way to look at it. Bolsonaro is, at the very least, an authoritarian. At, at most, is an actual, real-life fascist. Because that's what this guy wants. He wants to be for us to treat him like Kim Jong-un treats his people. Or like he treat, or like the people of North Korea treat Kim Jong-un. My bad. Trump's allies in Congress have mostly ignored his recent moves against inspector generals, though Senator Chuck Grassley and Shelley Moore recently said they'd ask the administration for a fuller explanation about Acuston's ouster. On Tuesday, Grassley offered gentle advice to Trump, urging him to consider IG findings as, quote, a to-do list and not criticism. I encourage President Trump to view IGs as Helpers to hold bureaucracy accountable and drain the swamp, Grassley tweeted. Whatever happened to draining the swamp, anyway? Um, you remember when that was a thing? Meanwhile, who was his cabinet made out of? It was made out of a, I think it was like six, seven-term congressman and the governor of Indiana as vice president. His attorney general had been in Congress. It was, it was like his fourth term in the Senate, his first choice, Jeff Sessions. And then afterwards, he replaced the attorney general with um, the same attorney general for George H.W. Bush, that being Bill Barr, who was Bush's attorney general, Bush the first at least, 
um, for the entire term. And also helped solve Iran, and also helped get all these people off the hook during Iran Contra. His personal lawyer is Rudy Giuliani, who has been in politics for almost, I think it's been, yeah, almost 30 years now. You know, his best friend is Newt Gingrich, the former House Speaker who entered Congress in 1978, served there for 10 straight terms. I can give you what happened to drain the swamp. Look at Grassley. He's the Senate pro Templar. He's the oldest man in the Senate right now. He's been there since 1980. That's 40 years. I think this is currently his sixth term. Just, wow. That's my only response is, wow. Uh, Democrats blasted Trump's decision. The sudden removal and replacement of acting Inspector General Fine is part of the disturbing pattern of re retaliation by the president against independent overseers, fulfilling their statutory and patriotic duties to conduct oversight on behalf of the American people, said Speaker Nancy Pelosi in a statement. She's absolutely right. Senate, Mino Senate Minority Leader ripped Trump. Uh, I think, yeah, that'd be Schumer. I don't know why they didn't just say Senator Schumer. Uh, Senate Minority Leader ripped Trump's, quote, corrupt actions and said he is trying to sideline quote, honest and independent public servants because they are willing to speak the truth to power and because he is so clearly afraid of strong oversight, obviously. And House Armed Services Committee Chairman Adam Smith, Democrat from Washington, said he's received no rationale for replacing Fine, but accuses Trump of empowering loyalists over officials with expertise in his administration, calling it an, quote, epidemic of incompetence. Again, that is because... What this man wants at the end of the day is a dictatorship. Make no mistake, this administration would, there's nothing Donald would love more than to wake up and be a dictator. That's why he's firing all these overseers. That's why he's doing everything he can. Because he, at the end of the day, wants an authoritarian state for himself. Okay. Anyway, it seems that NBC News is in a little bit of a controversy recently for tweeting out this following uh, story. I'm going to just make sure I read it right. <clears throat> U.S. reports 1,264 coronavirus deaths in over 24 hours. Meanwhile, in China, where the pandemic broke out, not a single new coronavirus death was reported. Now, that headline caused quite a bit of backlash. And, and uh, okay, I sorry, I thought Audacity froze for a second. Um, the actual headline to the article is U.S. reports 1,200 coronavirus deaths in one day as China lifts the lockdown. Um, okay, I think that's a fair title. I'll look at I'm going to skim through the article real quick. Here's a section of the article related to Chinese death. It's, give me a sec. Meanwhile, China, where the pandemic broke out, claimed that not a single new death was reported, and the city of Wuhan in Hubei province 
where the new virus was first identified, prepared for lockdown measures to be lifted. Okay, so all of that's objectively true. There has not been a single new death reported. They have claimed that. Notice the language they're using, by the way. They've been using words like reported and claimed to make it clear these are not absolute sources, okay? They're giving it to the narrative that China is lying, and for they very well might be. I don't know. I don't live in China. They probably are lying. However, this headline still caused a lot of backlash. I'll read you some of it. Mediaite compiled a whole bunch of it. Uh, NBC, this is from Ari Flesher, who I had never heard of. NBC bought it, hook, line, and sinker. Well done, China. Well done. Uh, Natalie Johnson, the Chinese Communist Party, which relies heavily on information control to maintain power, has reported a miraculous zero new coronavirus death, and NBC is running with that. No, they're not. They're claiming that's what the Communist Party said. Because the fact is, that's the closest thing to a source we really have. Are you going to go over to China and ask every single citizen out of a billion who has died of coronavirus? Probably not. And the fact is, that is just the fault of us not really having accurate data at the moment. It's not NBC's fault. What, what else were they supposed to put on there? That is part of the news. That China is claiming they don't have any new COVID-19 deaths. And you know what? They may not. Who knows? Again, I don't live in China. I don't know the exact death rate. It's possible it's zero. It's possible it's everyone. But we've gotten to the point where the only acceptable way to talk about this outbreak in China is everyone in China has died of COVID-19 and the government is just covering up. It's that meme uh, the Amazing Atheist once spread where it's like 90% of the population was killed in the war of 1988. The government is just covering it up. That's what this is right now. Everyone in China has died of COVID-19, even the ones who can't get it because they're too young. is just covering it up, aren't they? Uh, ben Shapiro just gave us the great quip, you may be missing something, at NBC News. Why did you at them when you're already quote-tweeting them? If it's for notification, they already get that when you quote-tweet them, so tagging them is pointless. Uh, Caleb Howe, I had never heard of him. Actually, China told me they had a bunch of people straight up come back to life, so even better than zero. Wouldn't that still be zero, though? Wouldn't that still be, I mean, if they come back to life after they die of COVID-19, I guess, but if, yeah. Uh, Greg Prince, who works for the Daily Caller, Greg Price, sorry. Or not, and not Daily Wire, Daily Caller, which is Dr. Carlson's website. Find someone who loves you like the American media loves the CCP. Again, what data are they supposed to go off of, Price? Does the Daily Caller have the data? Is Tucker Carlson hiding the data in a room somewhere? Tucker Carlson is just so great at manipulation that Xi Jinping gives him the real numbers and he's just choosing not to tell us? Is that what's going on? I doubt even Xi Jinping knows the number at this point. Because it has been so distorted. We have no idea what the number is. So what NBC did is they just said the number that has been reported, which, sorry. Andrew Clavin, who also who writes for Daily Wire, 
Um, I am shocked to see this level of dishonesty coming from the network that spiked the Harvey Weinstein story because it was too busy covering up the Mike Laurel story. Lauer? Yeah, Lauer. Um, again, there's nothing dishonest there. Blame the Chinese Communist Party if you want, but what is NBC doing other than saying what the people who are most likely to have the numbers right... Sorry, they have a better chance of getting it right than some rando on Twitter does. What what numbers are they supposed to do? Seriously, the virus came from China, therefore what China says about it is news. Okay, can we all agree that's what news is? Uh, Caleb Hall, did a communist write this? No, because a communist wouldn't have put the qualifiers. Uh, Palmer Gear, Geller. Right, at NBC, China good, orange man bad, hashtag enemy of the people. Not even going to comment. Kurt Schiltering, our media speaks truth to power, hashtag skeptical bitey. Then he posted a picture of his dog. Okay. Uh, Young Americans Foundation. Re regurgitating communist propaganda is not journalism. It's more than you've ever done. It's more than, and for that matter, is NBC really known as this groundbreaking journalistic accomplishment? I mean, it was one of the first major networks, and it did have it, and it does still have a nightly news that has for 60 years. I think, was NBC the one with Krongai? It might have been. Okay. Um, but no, it, it's typically reporting. It's typically reporting what other people are saying. It's not going out and getting the stories itself. I'm sorry <laughs> if you go talk to independent investigative journalists. Not some guy on NBC who probably makes slightly more than minimum wage. Uh, Josh Jordan. China is, sh is shown to have lied the entire time about coronavirus and NBC News still runs their stories as a way to make us look worse. Take a bow. They're not really, that's not making us look worse in any way. Um, but okay. If that's what you want to read into it, that's fine. I just took it as two statistics. Uh, Jared Stepman. Man, China state media is really working overtime on this propaganda right now. Oh, wait. Congratulations, Jared. You are the wittiest man right now. Uh, Derek Hunter. So all the U.S. has to do is stop reporting deaths, claim victory, and NBC News will dult, will doubt doubtfully. Reported as fact, hashtag problem solved. Again, they're, they're just saying that's what was said. I can do this all day. There are so many of these. All right, this is the last one. Calbot Phillips. Years from now, history books will recount how the U.S. media freely broadcast Chinese propaganda to help absolve them of any blame during a pandemic. And I'm sure they'll report how people like you haven't helped at all. Again, these people would only believe a story that says everyone in China has died of COVID-19. That's what it comes down to. That is the only way you can talk about China now. You have to view it as, specifically, the guys at the top created this. That's their big thing. It was created by the people at the top in a bioweapons lab. That's what One American News was saying. And that's the president's favorite network. Um... You have to view it through that kind of lens in order to make any sense out of this.
And then, not only that, but they're directly covering up every single thing that could theoretically hold them accountable, and must be doing a really bad job, might I add, considering, you know, people like you guys are still on the case, and you supposedly represent the majority of Americans. Now, Soharb Abram, or Arami, was just saying how this is going to cause the end of all trade with China, but I thought they controlled the U.S. media and as such have exalted themselves of all blame. If the working class is going to hate them, despite the fact they don't have the intellectual research that someone like Soharb Arami does, and that's why we need an all-powerful Leviathan. Sorry, I just really don't like that guy. No, this is just ridiculous. This is more example of... NBC is now in trouble for simply saying, here's what someone from China said. That's what it comes down to. Here's another one. This one comes to us also from Mediate. Civil rights hero John Lewis endorses Joe Biden, suggests woman of color as VP. A civil rights hero and Georgia Democratic Congressman John Lewis endorsed Joe Biden Thursday and perhaps more importantly suggested the former VP select a woman of color as his running mate. Representative Lewis endorsed Biden in a statement that said, quote, I have stared down the deepest and darkest forces in this nation. Vice President Joe Biden and I both believe that we are in a fight to redeem the soul of America. I know Joe Biden as a man of character and dignity, a man who cannot and will not rest when he sees injustice in our American home. Joe Biden has no delusions about this nation's past, but he knows who we can be our best, a nation of love freedom, and equality, and I will fight with him for that future. The Biden campaign also released a powerful video to accompany the endorsement, which connected Lewis's remarks to his civil rights activism and the rise of white supremacy over the past several years. So, wait a minute. I thought Biden was a racist. <laughs> I mean, that's what Candace Owens and her Blexit friends have been telling us. That is also, for that matter, what people like uh, Bernie Sanders and his camp, that's what Kamala Harris called him during the first debate. You guys remember that? He said that she was, or she said that he was a segregationist, that he was friends with segregationists and racists. But no, now it's the civil rights leader, and I'm going to read the next paragraph because it's the final nail in the coffin of the idea that Joe Biden is in fact a racist. Powerful as it is, the Lewis endorsement isn't a huge surprise, as Biden has garnered the support of most of the Congressional Black Caucus and is nearly a lockup for the Democratic nomination, but Representative Lewis's remarks were, quote, it would be good to have a woman of color, it would be good to have a woman as a running mate, Lewis told reporters, and went on to add that, quote, we have plenty of able women, some are white, Latino, Asian American, Native American, I think the time has passed for making the White House look more like the whole of America. Um, wow. Okay. So, Biden is such a racist, to be absolutely clear, that the entirety of, that most of the Congressional Black Caucus has endorsed him. Joe Biden, you get an award for the worst racist ever. <laughs> That's all I got for tonight. I'm Ephraim, and good night.